You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Blustein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in private. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And Tech said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Hello, everybody. Hey guys. And you are listening to another episode of Jen Wilson in a bucket hat and her with bucket heart shaped sunglasses. Yes. You know, every so often the skies open up and the gods hear us. And, you know, we um, we created a small video for it that you'll be seeing on social media. But sure will. a very dear friend, fan of the show, Sam. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you, Sam. We made this happen. This is a blessed day. <laughs> Jen was so thrilled, as you'll see. You know, Sam nice reached out. Birthday surprise, I know. my bucket hat, and my heart shaped sunglasses. It's beautiful. It's so nice. And we just feel the love. And thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for so making much. dreams come true. We feel like the Ronald McDonald house. I am going to have to take this off, though, just because my headphones yeah, don't absolutely. fit on yeah. properly with the hat but yeah. i just for our viewers yes. i just wanted, we wanted you to, to see share this moment with you this beautiful moment i'm Absolutely. like i feel like i'm like in the 90s like a pop artist I, with like my hands you, over my ears you are. oh my god like a britney spears uh, but i also feel moment. like i'm like an olsen twin right now yeah it yeah. takes two with the sunglasses uh, for sure uh, yeah such, so, I, was, a, I was always mary kate oh okay my god, so everyone listening that might not be seeing this on youtube jen has a baby blue bucket hat with, with a, a smiley, smiley face on face. it. Yes. And these heart-shaped sunglasses, but there's a degradé from like oh a God. blue They're everything. to red. They're everything. It's like a Miami sunset. I, know. I I will wear these. Uh, you will. I know you will. I and will. It's you like, look really great, honestly. I know. You and do. It's a nice homage, <laughs> too, to our one of our you know, previous episodes of yeah. Secret Mall Condo. Well, I know. Exactly. Well, because all I talked about in that episode well, was how badly I wanted the bucket hat exactly. and my rhinestone sunglasses. I know. And Claire's. I know. From Claire's. Claire's. I'm like living my Claire's life right now. I know. And the thing was, Sam had mentioned, she was like, I was just laughing so much at Jen with her request for a bucket hat. And I just loved it. And she was like, and so help me God, I tried my best to find the ones with the gems on them, which was impossible. So I... They're vintage. They're vintage. They're vintage They now. really are. But thank you so much, Sam. This was such a nice surprise. When and Mark told me that there was something here waiting for me, I was a little scared. She was like, I'm kind of frightened. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I'm going to film this. And I'm like, um, I don't know what that means, but... You don't know what's going on. Jen opened it like it was Pandora. Box. I know, like <laughs> like we were in the movie Saw, like, like if you, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, Sam. Uh, we love our listeners. We do. We love our fans. And speaking of, um, you know, I've been meaning to acknowledge these two names, and I haven't before, but we have two new pet. patrons, 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 patrons? Pa- patrons? patrons? on yes. Patreon, Patreon yes. folk, Joanne. We adore you. Thank You're you, fantastic. Joanne. She is my homegirl, Chloe. You as well. You are also a homegirl. You both are just fantastic thank people. Thank you, Joanne and Chloe. Just in general, even without the support. But and we have thank Michael you guys. also. And Michael. And Michael. Well, Always I know, Michael. I know. Yeah, and we did thank heart. Michael before. He's the OG. He is. So. You have been day two, day one. 
Patreon. Day before so. Patreon. Day before, yes, he was on Anchor supporting I know. us. Yeah. So you are beloved. Um, and yeah, just wanted to take that moment to, yeah. to so share my diaper. I'm really, yes, your full diaper, yeah. but I'm really excited because Mark has a special topic for us and I'm really excited and really oh my God. eager so to horny. do. Wait. I'm really horny for it. I'm so, so horny for it too. Where are you taking us tonight, Mark? Well, um, pack your bags. Oh. Oh. Uh, I love a good trip. We're going on a trip to hell. Oh, my God. No. I love that. But before we Mm. pack our bags, I'm going Uh to ask you guys, what is a final destination moment or near-death experience that you have had? Where you were like, oh shit, this could actually be it. I have a good one. Okay. Should I share? Yeah. Okay. Um, Now, I don't know if it was exactly like, oh, this could be it. But I think I may have like touched on this before. But a very dear friend of Mark and I, uh, our friend Lee, we were in my like first car and we were going over the Walt Whitman Bridge into Philly. And he had commented like, oh, it sounds like there's a noise in, mm-hmm. in the cars and that's probably shit rolling around in the trunk but then after that we're driving everything's fine and on the way back he's like i still hear that fucking noise and i was like it's fine and before you know it the car just went boom on the bridge and like the rim and tire had both detached from the car oh jesus now at the moment we just thought it was like oh tire blow out but looking in the mirror it was rolling down the lane and like rolling faster and faster because we were going downhill and it hit the back of the car because I was looking at it and my internal dialogue, not wanting to like freak him out or myself more was, this is going to fucking hit the car, isn't it? Mm. I was like, uh-huh, there it comes. And it was fast. And tires will kill you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was a two-door like old roadster. So like there was no car. It was like trunk and then the oh, people shit. in the car. But like the trunk was like that big mm-hmm. it's tiny yeah you've been in that car yeah so yeah that was one of those moments where i was like oh fuck this could kill us this could kill us yeah well i mean i'm gonna just take it back to one of the older episodes we did about the the shark attacks when <laughs> i was in the ocean down at sandy hook yeah and there was a really, really intense undertow and my friend and I just got pushed all the way out and like up five lifeguard stands. That's frightening. And when it was time, we're like, you know what? We're ready to get out. And like, we're just trying to like move and we're trying to like kind of move our arms and we were just like at a standstill. Oh my God. And there was at least 12 other people out there with us. And we had a bunch of lifeguards that had to come out and rescue us. Oh, shit. Baywatch. Pam Anderson came. I mean, the guy was like, I remember, like, he was pretty hot. Oh, that's nice, at least. But then, like, I was holding on to him, and then, like, the waves just took me under and just, like, rolled me back out to shore. So it wasn't, like, as, like, (laughs) exciting as you would see on Baywatch, but that was one of those experiences that happened, like, over 10, 12 years ago, but I have not stepped foot 
in the ocean at the Jersey Shore since. I don't fucking blame you. That is scary. Yeah. I don't fuck with the ocean. Well, with the Jersey Shore, you never know. We were going to get in a wave. It's like a syringe needle, a jellyfish. Yeah, or... a diaper. Well, yeah. when I went to go see fish in Atlantic City, like oh, I no. saw like hippies taking shits in the ocean. So. Oh, well. Oh, God. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Anything. That's a thing. Oh, my God. Mother Nature's bidet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Do you have one, Mark? Uh, yes, I have many. Because oh. I live life in the fast lane. Don't listen to her. No, I don't. But um, a few years ago, or maybe like 10 years ago, when I was still living at home um, with my parents, we lived in this really like highly crime-written neighborhood. And oh, yes. We the, know. The one night, yes. And the one night um, I was coming home and I had to park my car on the street because our driveway was full. And as I parked my car, I had this like weird outer body experience where my body just like tensed up and would not let go of the steering wheel. And I knew in my heart that something really dreadful was about to happen. And I didn't know what. And I refused to turn the car off. And I was just like, sit and wait. Something bad is going to happen if you get out of the car. So I look um, down the street. And this is at like, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. And there was this guy. And he started walking towards the car, but in a zigzag formation. And I was like, that's not good. If he's walking like that, like, he's up to no good. So he goes up to my car and pulls a gun out. And is literally about to carjack my ass. But because... I kept the, you know, the car on. I just floored it. Mm. And I was like, and just flew the fuck out of there. And I mean, listen, it was like a fucking... Was he like shooting after you as you drove away? No, 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 it wasn't Uh, that. Oh my God, that's very cinematic. It wasn't that dramatic. It's very cinematic. But my gay ass just floored it in (laughs) smoke. Jen was like, did a Quentin Tarantino sequence follow? Yeah, I love it. It wasn't that salacious, but... It was still scary. Yeah. For sure. And that it would have been like if what if he blew my head off for that fucking piece of shit car. Oh my god. What a, that's the real Im- tragedy. Can you imagine? So that's my near death experience. Damn. You wow. can say. Wow. So we all I mean, listen, cars, Guns, cars again, cars ocean. I don't fuck with the ocean. No. Tires. Yeah. Mm-mm. I mean after Titanic. Oh my god. How can we forget Jack and Rose? Yeah. I'll never let go. That true life. Nonfiction story. I know. <laughs> yeah. Nonfiction in a true life universe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, mm. if we all liked mm-hmm. vi- the Violet Jessup episode, we've had so many comments about Titanic. I think that was a great one. So this is gonna uh, beat it, Violet. Beat it, Violet. We got something else. We got coming. someone else in town, and her name is Giuliani Kopak. Giuliani Kopak. Or is it Julianne? J-U-L-I-A-N-E. I would say it's Julianne. Yeah. Julianne. Okay. So yeah, for not? the sake of the podcast, it, it's Julianne, but it could be Giuliani. Because I, yeah. yeah. But let's just say Julianne. So if we're wrong. That's fine. He'll let us know. Come yeah. after us. Yeah, come yeah. after us via Try Patreon. It. Jen's got her bucket hat now. She's not fucking with you. But don't leave us one star. No. Please okay. don't. So it's unnecessary. Let's, so let's talk about Julianne because her story is so bizarre and it is so fucked up and scary <clears throat> and interesting. I love it. So... It's 1971. We're going back to the 70s again. We 77, 76, 79. We've done 79 too. So we're in 71. And my shirt that I'm wearing 
is a vintage shirt from the 70s. There it you sure go. Is. It's polyester. And this might be what the she... sweat just I comes feel right like off. I'm wearing oh. something kind of from the 70s. Yeah. yeah. We're having a moment. Like and a little like bohemian. Are. Yeah. With like the paisley yes. prints on the sleeves. Yes. Oh my god, you guys you guys are actually matching. Yeah, we kinda match. We do. Wow. That, that was unintentional. Not planned. Yep, not planned. Yeah. It's nineteen seventy one. A plane with ninety-two passengers abroad disappears into the Peruvian jungle without a trace. After ten days, the entire search was completely abandoned. On the twelfth day, Julianne Kopek who was 17 years old, was the sole survivor of Lanza Flight 508. Oh, so where was this flight? Where was the origin and where was the destination? Yeah, I'll tell you. Okay. And I'll yeah. tell you, Miss uh, like, like, I, I wanted to give you guys like the little All preview. Right. I, I like know. that. I was just like jumping the gun here. Yeah. I'm excited. Bucket hat feelings. Yes. <laughs> Bucket hat. <laughs> okay. Always and forever. So, yeah. Julianne was born October 10th, 1954 in Lima, Peru. Her parents were originally from Germany, but they had moved to South America. Okay. Cool. They originally worked at the Museum of Natural History in Peru, but eventually established a research center in the Amazon when she was 14 years old. So she had a very like... Cool, multicultural. That's really yeah. awesome. Um, I wish my parents did that. Me too. Yeah. If I ever have children, that's what I'm gonna do to them. Travel the world <laughs> just, and just get up and move all over the place. Like you're in the forest. Now. It might exactly it might like, save their lives in the well, future. You know yeah. what though? It's like they're cultured. They're yeah. exposed to different parts of life. Absolutely. I think that's what's awesome about Julianne. Yeah. yeah. From her upbringing, she had this very eclectic childhood with. An emphasis on jungle survival. She really had a strong appreciation for nature. It's exactly what every child has, right? Yeah, hell yeah. And iPhones. I do, yeah. She was very passionate about the earth. Okay. Her father, his name was Hans Wilhelm Kopeck. Hey, Hans. Hey, Hans. Hans Wilhelm Kopeck. A horny. And her mother was Maria Kopeck and... The mother studied birds, and the father studied <laughs> fauna. Fauna. Is, fauna. That, is that like ferns? Flowers. Fauna. Is that like plants that grow in the heat? Maybe. I believe. I, so. I, I think of like sweaty plants when I, I hear the word fauna because it sounds like sauna. Ours, Alex Bag um, reference fauna in something, and I think it referred to floral. Fauna is sometimes a clue in my cr- my morning crossword puzzles. Oh, mm. I think it's a plant. <laughs> I think or plants so. and ge- let us know what it let is. We're know. too lazy to Google plants that. and birds. Yeah, plants and birds, whatever, and everything in between. There you go. So as she got older, she um, ended up attending high school far away from home, like all teenagers do. Like right? all, yeah. But like, I think her hers was like abroad. Like, oh, like those ones where you sleep at. Ooh, On horny. <laughs> <laughs> so, on this, this is weird. I guess maybe in like other countries, they have a different like fiscal calendar than we do they with do. the school year. They but do because I don't think the breaks are as long as like here, where we have like almost three months for summer break. Oh, well, she attended this high school and graduated from high school on December twenty third, nineteen seventy one. Okay. Okay. Aww. Yeah, Julianne. Get it, girl. Aww. Now, 24 hours, just to put it into perspective, 
24 hours before the day of the plane crash, she attended her high school prom. Oh, Did shit. Did she have a date? I, I mean, I think this might be her prom photo, and she's alone. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe she did. I don't know. Don't quote me on it, okay. please. Maybe Fine. they didn't have dates at proms. Maybe. maybe I, don't, not. I don't know. Maybe you did it in Peru. I have no idea. Maybe if you were a pure virgin, you didn't imply that you were with somebody. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Or maybe she brought, like, a bird. Was or, like, a fauna. or fauna. Or fauna. Flora Flora. And yeah. um, <laughs> so now, you know, since she had completed high school... You know, she just graduated, and now it's, like, basically Christmas Eve. Time to do hot girl shit. Exactly. Hot girl like shit. we all do in the 70s. Yes. Her mother and Giuliani were like, okay, it's time to fly back home for Christmas. And home for them was this, you know, research center in the Amazon rainforest. Ooh. Wow. Ah. Ah, it is so hot. So it is hot. So now, due to the high volume of flights going on right now, because it is Christmas Eve. Oh, yeah. Forget it. It's it's almost impossible to find, you know, for them, it was almost impossible to find one that would enable them to get home in time for Christmas or the holiday. Makes sense. They were basically limited to one last option, which was the doomed flight 508 with Mm. Lanza. An airline that was really notorious for their horrid reputation oh as an airline. So that was like the shittiest it's like Spirit airline. Airlines. Oh, yeah. JetBlue. No, JetBlue is not as bad. Spirit oh. Airlines is the fucking worst. Oh well, the last airplane Mark and I were on, I swear, I was like, is this thing made out of tin fucking cans? The goddamn seats were so horrendous. Like, I would have rather slept on, like, I don't know. It was awful. A pi- like, a pile of rocks would have been better. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this airline called Lanza. All right, Lanza. So you really know, Lanza. What, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Tony Lanza. So Lanza was a commercial airline based in Peru, which was established in 1963 and lasted until January 1972. Oh, gee, I wonder why. Oh, yeah, short-lived. They lasted till 1972 because that year their operating authority was taken away. Oh, I was going to say, what, they ran out of money from being sued so many times? Exactly, for killing a thousand. (laughs) This airline had multiple accidents and plane crashes and i'm going to give you like quick streamline examples love it okay all right give it april 27th 1966 uh there was a plane crash 10 minutes after it took off it crashed into a mountainside 49 people killed oh damn that's a lot of people yeah the second one august 9th 1970 Plane crashed from losing complete power in one of the engines shortly after taking off. <laughs> I feel like this; these are the planes that are made out of fucking tin cans. Yes. Yeah, definitely. According to the Peruvian Put government. Together with like duct tape and fucking gorilla spit. glue. <laughs> duct tape and spit. Yeah. So according to the Peruvian government, the accident was caused by improper execution of engine out procedures by the flight crew on top of overcrowding on the airplane from mm. this 101 people died 
And they were still allowed to operate. So 101 oh plus yeah. 49. Jesus yep. H. So, so we're at 150 for their kill count. Yeah. As a result, the airline was fined and had a 90-day flight suspension. Like so they you, couldn't operate oh, for 90 a days. A whopping 95 days. You killed Ooh. 150. You killed 150 <laughs> people. Yeah. And then you're just going to get a suspension. And then you can go back and fly again. Cool. The fuck? Sounds like what's probably going to happen with that Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, Oh. We went there. We did. Little asshole. And <laughs> and then finally on December 24th, 1971, which is the plane crash we're going to be talking about, 91 people were killed. So 91. So 91, 101. <laughs> for, so let's just say like 250 people. All together. All together. All together now. You know, I mean, it's a little bit less. We're not mathematicians here. That's right. No, we're just here to entertain you. We are. And aside from that, it should be noted, some of the people who had worked on building these airplanes and servicing these airplanes never worked with airplanes in their lives. That would be like me. They like, worked with motorcycles. That'd be like oh me waking up and saying, "Gee, I'm gonna go work for NASA today." Yeah. Or let's reference Butcher Brown. I'm gonna go do sex changes <laughs> <Yes>. today. <Yep. laughs> I'm gonna go run for president of the United States, and you saw what happened in 2016. Yeah, so. girl, preach. And with this airline, passengers would always complain that it was bumpy and loud and horrible service. Well, again, when you, put, service. when you put a fucking plane together with tin cans and Gorilla Glue yeah, and spit and, and duct tape. Bubble gum. Yeah. So now with Lanza. <laughs> Lanza. Lanza. On Christmas Eve of 1971, Flight 508 was a domestic passenger flight leaving from Lima to... Puco, Pocopa, Pucolapa. Alcapoca? Pocopa, Pocopa, Peru. Pocopa, Peru. Pocopa. Coco, oh. Peru. Oh boy, every Spanish I teacher I've ever had is Peru. like gonna kill me. I know, she's great. Anyways, she it, went, it went from one place to another. That bothers me. Peru. That bothers me. Giuliani and her mother took this flight, like I said, as a last resort because they were really desperate to be home in time for the holiday. Well, for the anyone, horny holiday. Anyone would want to be home for the fucking holidays. Yeah. Like, listen, I've traveled. Speak for yourself. I'm just kidding. I know. We're, we're all like fucking hermits when it comes to the holidays. I know. I have a strong aversion to holiday things. Me too. I hate the holidays. They yeah. hate us. They, they hate do. us. You're right. They do. <laughs> Julianne's mother, Maria, was very skeptical about using this airline because of its shitty reputation. Mm. Julianne mentions her mother's trepidation in this 1998 documentary called Wings of Hope. By Werner Herzog. Yes. The wind beneath my wing. Hocus pocus. <laughs> so I'll be mentioning this documentary a few times in this because it's really interesting and it sheds a lot of information on this. All right. So her mom was like scared and trepidatious because it's a hard airline. Well, again, when your plane is made out of tin cans and Gorilla Glue and you spit should be scared, yeah. and duct tape and all of that. Stickers and <laughs> Lisa Frank stickers. Bird, <laughs> yes. Bird, bird caca. <laughs> yeah. As they were flying over the rainforest, they encountered a huge storm to which the plane would have to be flying through. Mm. The crew decided to continue onward 
despite the hazardous conditions and extremely rough turbulence. So this was a poor choice that was most likely influenced by the pressure to meet the holiday schedule. And I'm like, fuck Christmas. People get so wrapped up into it. I know. Like, chill out. People die for Jesus all the time. Exactly. Just not us. That's right. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Yeah. It should also be noted that this specific airplane that crashed was assembled entirely by parts of by tin cans (gasps) by parts of other airplanes oh so So the equivalent don't tell me it's like from the planes that crashed and they like took those and like knowing lanza probably and like put them together i mean it could be like oh I'm not saying I'm not saying it's demons, but it's, but it's demons. demons. It sounds like demons. I'm not yeah. saying it's dead people playing parts, but it's dead people yeah. playing parts. So Jesus this, the way that I, I phrase <laughs> I phrase this is, it's literally a jank, janky Franken plane. Well, Franken plane, yeah, flying through flying yeah. through a damn storm. So Just upon so. doing so, the plane was struck by a bolt of lightning, causing the plane to crash. On this specific flight, there were 86 passengers, six crew members. From this, 91 people died out of 92. Whoa. That's right. However, the plane was only fit for 82 passengers, meaning they crammed. So does that mean people were, like, sitting on laps? Maybe. Maybe. Or I think, yeah, that's a very good point. And, like, here's my question. Like, here's my other question, like, before we move on with this. I mean, I'm sure technology, I mean, was not as it is now. But surely there was some way to detect what the weather would be like for, like, flying. flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. Ex- I don't know. They, yeah. I think they probably could have detected it. They just, like, put their finger in the care. air and test the wind and be like, okay, <laughs> like, let's see how this is going to go today. <laughs> so it was most definitely overcrowded. They crammed 10 more additional people on board. Now, the sole survivor was... Julianne Kopech, the 17-year-old who literally had her high school prom 24 hours before this catastrophe. If we don't know if she had a prom date or not. We don't know. No, we don't. It's uh, TBD. TBD. Yeah. In this documentary about her experience, it's called Wings of Hope, Julianne describes the crash. Her description of this is very... Oh, it's fucking It will send chills down your spine. It is. Like, it's amazing. Mark is refreshing my mind on all this because I've seen this documentary a while ago. Mm. It's fantastic, haunting, chilling. A million percent recommend seeing. Yeah. She's a very interesting person. Is there a platform that we can stream this on? I think it's on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. It's Illegally or not, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wings of Hope. She describes the crash and she mentioned that, you know, it was incredibly stormy. It was a really bumpy plane ride. And as the plane flew into the clouds, it became darker and darker and darker to the point where a huge blinding flash occurred when the plane was hit by the lightning. One of her last memories is her mother yelling, this is the end. (gasps) Oh my God. I don't remember that. It gets gets worse and darker. She describes the havoc inside the airplane while it's like going down. She said, luggage, machinery, Christmas presents were literally being thrown all over the place Mm. like popcorn. Oh, shit. Then she continues to say that she started to black out as the plane did a nosedive plummet 
while she heard all of the passengers screaming in horror. Oh my God. For me, the most off-putting thing that she mentions was that no longer being in the plane and simply falling in the sky. And she says it as, it wasn't as if I left the plane. It felt more like the plane left me. What the fuck? It simply just wasn't there anymore. I can't even, like, that is such a descriptive description. Just, like, imagine if you're in a room and then it's sucked out and you're, like, in midair. Like, what the fuck? No, no, thank you. That's why I have to be, like, completely, like, intoxicated to get on a plane. Mark knows. Like. I was frightened. Yeah, you got to give me something to, like, ease the nerves. I know. We were landing, and Mark was like, "Mark was like, are we dying?" No, when well, we like were takeoff and landing off, are like the worst two yeah. feelings. Yeah. Next thing she knows, she is literally in the sky, strapped to her seat, <gasps> free falling through storm clouds. <sighs> so she was like just her in her seat. Yeah. So like that moment from the Wizard of Oz with when. Dorothy's in the tornado and you see like the people like riding the bike uh-huh. in the sky yeah. like that was her that was her yeah. holy shit now during her fall she did begin to spiral mm-hmm. towards the earth from two miles above so she was two miles up in the sky and yeah. she fell wow literally fell two miles she said that as she grew closer and closer to the earth or the ground she said that the treetops of the rainforest look like broccoli so the next time you look at broccoli, that's what the Amazon rainforest looks like from two miles. And, and think of above. yourself falling into that broccoli. Yeah. Frightening. Yeah. She eventually hits the ground. She gets knocked out unconscious. Doesn't wake up for about a day and a half. During this time, she states that she can remember dreaming about being dirty and covered in mud and looking for a place to take a bath. She also was dreaming that her body was floating in a room and that her body was part mechanic and part airplane and then part human. What the? I'm that's so a crazy. I don't remember any of that. Dreams. That's a really crazy yeah. like description. And a that's day right. and a half. Yeah, because she suffered like a concussion and all sorts of like these weird injuries. So yeah, weird dreams and everything because she was all like unconscious and yeah. shit in the rainforest. It's weird because she fell two miles from the sky and survived a plane crash. Mm. There's some explanations as to how she survived that fall because I'm sure every one of us oh, is thinking yeah. like, how the hell how do the you survive fuck? a two mile fall? Yeah. Especially like when it's just you in a chair. Yeah, yeah, really. One girl, one chair. Yeah. Like I was like running two years ago and my ankle did a roll and I fell into a ditch yeah. and I almost died. There's oh no God. way in hell I would have survived a plane crash. Yes. The end. Yeah. Here's some quick explanations. Number one, thunderclouds create updrafts, which drive everything upwards, which could have slowed down her fall. Okay. Number two, the spiral fall was likely due to the fact that she was sitting in a row of three seats and her seat was at the end of the row. Was it the aisle or the window? So I, was... I think it was the window. Okay. Yeah. The other two passengers that were sitting in her little row situation were sucked out of their seats. Oh, shit. Yeah. So because oh, shit. she was at the, 
So I think the weight kind of shifted because she was on the end, which created that spiral. Yeah. Because yeah. it was un it was like uneven weight. Where the seat was found, the trees were so densely intertwined with vines that it almost created like a safety net. Okay. which broke her fall as she hit the ground. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So I think that like all three of these elements came into play, which is yeah. how she was able to at least survive the overall fall. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because like the tree branches probably like slowed it down to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Along with everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that like the universe really lined itself up for her to survive this the fall. The stars are in line that day. Yeah. yeah. Well, for her, not for, her. No, <laughs> for, not for everyone else. <laughs> but what for makes her so lucky? So she finally wakes up from her injuries, right? She's got a concussion, a broken clavicle, a gash in her shin, but the gash in her shin was not bleeding. Do you well, want to know why? I, because apparently due to shock. If you have a, a tense shock, you won't body. bleed. Oh, well, that's right. I think it's like in surgery and stuff, like your body knows that something traumatic yeah. is happening. So it kind of like preserves. Yeah. Certain okay. vital, vital. Another one more, oh. one more. Oh. She so had, she had a gash in her arm, which was already infected with maggots. Oh, oh no. Don't tell me she had to get it amputated. Oh, honey. We'll talk. Oh. So she finally, we love you know, an amputee moment. Yeah, we, we, we love a good amputation story here. So it should also be noted that when the plane had crashed, she was wearing a miniskirt because that was what you wore. Because it was 71. That was what the times were. It's the Amazon. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's hot. Like, so it's like she is not wearing like, I don't know, body armor or like cargo no. pants. Yeah. You know, like she's wearing like a mini skirt. And then during the fall, she lost her shoe. So she had a mini skirt and one shoe on. Didn't we have another episode where the, oh, Dr. Brown had one shoe when he would. Yes. And we yeah. also had Jerry Burdos. Burdos, the shoe. Loved the all the shoes. Shoe fetish layer. Uh, we love shoes here. We do. Mm -hmm. Sorry. We're a fan of shoes. I love Bizarre shoe. Buffet. Bizarre Buffet sports shoes. That was like her outfit. Of course, Mark would have to like cover the outfit. Yeah. Yes. It's I a necessity. It. Thank you. Surviving the fall for her was like a one in a million chance of surviving and she survives the fall. But that is just the first part of this story. Oh, oh shit. Horny. Don't worry, it's not going to drive. Horny for the jungle. Horny for the fucking Amazon, bitch. So she survives the plane fall, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, in her miniskirt with one no. shoe. Oh, and the maggot-filled no. arm or <laughs> shin. No. We don't know if it's so, amputated yet. Now, in the documentary Wings of Hope, they fly her out to the oh, yeah. site of the plane crash. Oh, that's He's like brutal. Circa, now, this is like 1996, oh, 98. That's, like, that's torture. Yeah. Well, this guy, he's, he's a good time. He does like a lot of controversial Who shit. Who is yeah. he? Werner Herzog. Yes. He's okay. like, show me where the plane crashed. Yes. Exactly. She walked yeah. five miles with a maggot-invested arm to her destination. Like and, that type no, of shit. Literally that shit. Oh my God, so, I can't wait to hear it again. Yeah, so basically they fly her out to the crash site to help her retrace her steps and she shares her story. Her approach is very matter-of-fact the entire time. She seems very emotionally unfazed. Yeah. Which is during jarring in itself. Yeah. 
Well, when you go through that type of trauma that young, you like disassociate. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, she even admits that that's her own personal coping mechanism that helped her manage this trauma. I get which it. Makes sense. That's my you life. Know? Yeah. Me too. Um, <laughs> get it. Before flying her to the site of the crash, it actually took the documentary crew days and days to find the area where it crashed because the vegetation was so high and it was so deep in the rainforest. Like, oh shit. Like, we're Damn. talking like fucking Anaconda can't even find this shit. Oh my That's God. how deep in the rainforest not it was. Not even John Voight and his not boat? Even, no. Oh. No, not Jennifer Lopez, not oh. the guy with the nose. What Who's oh. the guy with the fucked up nose? Oh, one of the Wilsons. Uh, uh, Owen. Owen Wilson. Owen. They could not really find it. It took them a long time. The crew ends up making a small camp amongst the wreckage which is completely covered in vegetation like you would never know there was a plane crash there at all in some scenes you can actually see her coming face to face with pieces of airplane where she encounters pieces of tin cans of tin tin cans cans. yeah soup cans she encounters fuselage parts and luggage and seats and machinery and she even opens up a woman's coin purse (gasps) There's just like remnants haunting. that have been sitting in this jungle since 1971. Oh, I thought you said horny. Horny haunting. <laughs> haunting horny. Haunting Hauntingly horny. Yeah. <laughs> you can barely walk through the this area of the rainforest because of how dense it is. It took the crew like an entire day just to walk 300 feet. Well, you know what? With machetes and boots and... But you know what I love about that is that it backs her shit even more. That gives you a perspective. Just imagine what it was like for her. If a fucking professional crew who was going on a plane that wasn't made of tin cans and right. cat pee. Um, and kitty litter. And kitty litter and newspapers. Now you guys like understand. A visual baby. A visual of, of this rainforest yeah. and like how much of a nightmare it is to walk through it. So now after she wakes up, she realizes, fuck, like I'm completely alone. So sad. Also, her eyes were swollen so she could barely see. She had, she wore glasses Oh, and her glasses, glasses were, gone, were gone, right? Eyes oh, were swollen, no. glasses are gone. Shit. It's so sad. When she finally like woke up, she was crawling on all fours with her main concern of finding her mother. Oh, because stop they it. were they were very close. They were oh very my close. God. Fuck. So this is where it gets really ghastly. Oh god. So oh, in, I think I know where in navigating through the wreckage and looking for her mother, <clears throat> she encountered a sight of dead bodies. She just wanted to make sure that none of them were her mom. One encounter that really sticks out for her, she found a row of three passengers that were still in their seats. Oh my God. However, they were upside down, buried three feet in the ground oh from the impact. Three so, feet? Three feet. So they were sitting in their chairs, like in their seatbelts, upside down? Yes. So when they fell to the earth, it, they went head first. Oh my God. And the force was so strong that not only did they fall head first, but it took them three feet. Oh. Gross. So, <laughs> ba- yeah, gross for sure. And horrifying. Sorry. And gross. Can you imagine what the other side looked like? Oh, oh flat. <laughs> oh, pancakes. Sorry. NC17 label, people. Sorry. So. She, like, encounters this, and it's literally, like, I guess it just, it's, like, feet sticking out of the ground, or legs sticking out of the ground. And she was like, oh, my God, like, what Like if- that scene in Fargo. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen Fargo. You've never seen, you know what I'm talking about, right, Mark? With the foot? <laughs> never <laughs> seen the it. the wood chopper? <laughs> uh, never seen it. You'd be shabby. 
Uh, All right, I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's saying, good. You know, no, no. It's a good um, reference. Hashtag horny Buscemi. So Fargo. <laughs> Fargo. Fargo for a visual aid. Yeah, there you go. So... <laughs> And that woman, Frances McDermott, yes. Norman. So we're going to take our geography back to the rainforest. Yes, oh, please. hell yeah. So, Hot girl rainforest right. shit. So she, you know, she comes across these like fucking feet sticking out of the ground or legs or whatever. And she's like, oh my God, what if one of them is my mom? Don't tell me that one of the feet sticking out of the ground was her mother. So mm. to find out if it was her mom or not, she ended up having to... Touch the feet. She removed them with a stick. She was like, oh my she was God. petrified. Oh, I feel so bad she for her. The, she removed the shoes with a stick, not the feet, the shoes. Okay. So, because she was like mortified to touch a dead body like well, any sane person any would be. fucking person would do that. She checked and oddly enough, all of them, all the women that were in that three seat row were, they had toenail polish and she was like, okay, that's not my mom. She doesn't wear toenail polish. But oh, it's just, it's so like a morbid. fucked up thing to have to, that is to really do. Morbid. It's like you're uh, looking at dead people's feet to figure it out if that's your loved one. Can't find her mom. And here she is, torn miniskirt, a bajillion injuries. A maggot-filled Maggot-filled arm. arm. No glasses. She has one shoe on and a bag of candy. What kind yeah. of candy do we know? I don't know. Twizzlers? I hope it was Sour Patch Kids because she's going to need that sugar. I don't, uh, was there a Sour Patch Kids in the 70s? Uh, probably not. Probably not. I like um, crack. Whoppers. Yeah, so crack. Mary Jane's. Didn't we talk oh, about Mary Oh, God. Yeah, those things are the devil. She had the candy. It was like a small bag. Not enough to like sur- really survive off of, but it was something. She noticed that search planes did fly overhead. But none of them seem to spot the wreckage because of the density of the rainforest. Well, Seems exactly. fucking pointless. Like, yeah. Right? I feel like it's really hard to probably find any sort of like... Anything. Anything in yeah. the fucking rainforest because of the trees and the green yeah. and the fucking... And the clouds, clouds too. And You're not going to see... Fog. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to see feet sticking out of the ground. No. Like a goddamn And the trees are very, they're also very, they're dense and they're, they're tall too. (laughs) Like broccoli. Yeah. And fauna. She realized like, fuck, they're not going to find me. So she was smart enough to realize like, hey, they're not going to find me. She was right because in two days, the search team had completely given up. In two days? In two That's days. That's a quick give yeah. up time. That's like, yeah. fuck that. 48 like, hours. Let me go on my coffee and donut break. Like, <laughs> so, in yeah. the rainforest. In the rainforest. So when she realizes. With my Mary Jane candy. Mary Jane's. <laughs> so when she realizes this, she's, oh. she's really, you know, she is determined to define her own fate and to tap into everything she really ever learned with growing up in the rainforest or parents. Hell yeah. So, Go survival mode, baby. So now yeah, she turns into well like full on beast mode. Yeah. yeah. Love it. This is why she's so fucking cool. I, I mean, know. she's cool that she like survived the plane crash and shit, but she's even cooler for this. So she navigated her way with a stick fighting mosquitoes, cold rain, snakes, Poison plants, venomous spiders, crocodiles, stingrays, and every kind of danger you will find in the no, rainforest. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. No. Eventually, she does find a stream, and she follows it for days on end, surviving with a rationed bag of candy. Mary Jane's. And licking leaves for their water droplets. 
Uh, and she did uh, encounter. Uh, Jen, do that on screen again, please. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. She did encounter a cake, like a fruit cake, but a it was cake. covered in dirt. And Where she did, it, was not the fruit cake like from it. the crash or just like some random <laughs> like navigator? Someone left it there. <laughs> Who the left this fruit cake here? It was but, from the crash. But can I say, I don't know if you have this in your notes or not, mm-hmm. but I feel like I, I just remembered certain things. Like I haven't seen this documentary in years, so I'm like relearning with all of you. But I do remember that there was one part in the documentary where she was like, I had seen the fruitcake earlier in my journey. Yes. Right? Yeah, and she didn't bother yeah. to take it. Yeah, she was like, I'm not going to need that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get out of here quick. Something, or something like that, like that yeah. right? Yeah. 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 But she did kind of regret not taking the dirt-covered fruitcake. Horny yeah. for fruitcake. Horny for fruitcake. Hashtag. She mentioned several times that while walking through the river, she would encounter some crocodiles. But she knew that if she held her ground, the crocodiles would splash around in fear and then scamper. Oh. As she threw the Mary Janes at their yeah. head. She was like, take this old lady candy. Yeah. Pop. They were like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> Following the water, in theory, will get you to a larger body well, of, course, of water. of course, yeah. And therefore, you would probably find civilization and help. Okay. True. Now, after 11 days of trekking through the rainforest with one shoe, one damn shoe, a maggot-filled one wound, shoe, and a one she, shoe, she eventually finds help. And cake. a miniskirt. Yep. She finds help after 11 days. But even <sighs> that was a fucking horror show for her because... <sighs> I'm so tired for her. Because she... I so am too. The way she encounters this is that, like, she's, like, on day 11, she's, like, about to die. And... She's like, you know, delirious and all that shit. And she encounters a small paddle boat, but barely even recognizes it because she's so delirious. She's she's succumbing to her injuries. She's starving. At this point, she was just letting her body drift through the water. Kind of like Ophelia. Oh. Ophelia realness. Hey, Shakespeare. Hey, Willie Shakes. Willie Shakes. She was having like an Ophelia moment and feeling it. Well, no, she wasn't feeling it. She was not feeling it. Not funny. Um, But she crawls out of the river up a five-foot ditch leading to a path where it took her hours to climb up the five-foot ditch because she was really weak. Yeah. And well, that's what happens when you're surviving on Mary Jane. Oh my yeah. God. It's not a healthy diet. And licking. And uh, licking leaves. Rain leaves. So after after that, she finds a small hut. Luckily, she found like a can of gasoline in the hut. What did she do with the hut? Well, she, she set the hut on fire. No. <laughs> Send a smoke signal. Because she knew her shit, right? And she was like, my arm is the biggest problem right now because, like, maggots are eating through it. Oh, God. So she takes the can of gasoline, sucks it out with her mouth, and then spits it into her wound because the gasoline would draw the maggots out. This is, she's a fucking, she's badass. She's a badass motherfucker. Yeah, she plays no, no games played. The gasoline trick that she did saved her arm. Oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, because otherwise it would have been gone. It would have been amputated. The people of the village that like lived in these, like this whole hut moment here, they were hesitant to help her because 
they literally thought that she was a demon from the water. <laughs> they literally thought she was a fucking water demon. Actually, a specific water demon oh, with the name. They had a reference? Yes. The name of this water demon is called Yamanja. And oh, Yamanja. Yamanja. Oh, my God. Don't say that five times. Be yes. careful. Yamanja. Yamanja. So, Yamanja. The Yamanja. Yamanja. Yamanja me. Yamanja. They thought that she was this demon because, one, she had red eyes because they were bloodshot. Well, yeah. And, and they were, like, probably half closed, too. Half closed, swollen. Fuck that. And, two, she had blonde hair. And local legend claimed that there was a demon that lives in the water, sort of like a siren's. And she ha- and this demon has blonde Shut hair and red eyes. Luckily, she could speak Spanish. Oh, and she was like, I'm not a demon. Yeah, she was like, no demon. I don't know if that's uh, no a demon. demon. I don't know if that's a demon in Spanish, but no fantasma. No fantasma. That means not a ghost. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, why not? She was able to explain to them like, no, 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 I'm not this demon. Like I was in a plane crash. This is what happened. Mm. She was rescued. Now there was some aftermath from this. She gave accurate directions to the search teams to recover the bodies from the wreckage. They found her mom. Unfortunately, her mom was dead. R.I.P. Alleg- and this is this is so upsetting. Oh no! Allegedly, they found out that her mother had actually survived the plane crash too. No! What but do you mean? The mother survived the fall, allegedly, <sighs> um, but died a few days later. No, due to the stop the, it. The I don't want to know this. Yeah, yeah. It's upsetting. That yeah. is really upsetting. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Aside from that, she went on to study butterflies and bats in the jungle. Following the scientific footsteps of both of her parents, she had also received her doctorate in mammalogy. Studying mammals. Mammals. And she moved to Munich and worked as a librarian. In 1974, this highly fictionalized movie called Miracles Still Happen. It's not a fucking miracle. It's a goddamn nightmare. The movie came out in like 74 and it was like, in Italy and the United States. And it's just really cheesy and over the top. Really dramatizes more of her interactions with the animals in the rainforest. They really depict her as this like scantily dressed Barbie doll, afraid of all of the animals. Where in fact, she was a well-educated, smart, powerful like woman. Yeah. Who, and she knew what she was doing in the rainforest. Yeah. Right. So she was no Barbie doll, like lost and no, that's fucking offensive. Well, that's what fucking Hollywood does. Yeah. So Julianne is still alive today. And oh, bless her. Yeah. Yes, she's Julianne. awesome. Yes, we stand you. Yeah, yeah. We stand hey, with girl. you, Julianne. We yeah. like you. So right. she is still alive and, and occasionally she does interviews to talk about her experience. She is, in my opinion, a really great depiction of a strong woman. And someone who had to overcome, like, a tremendous amount of harsh circumstances. For her, I think what makes this bizarre and unusual is that it was both luck that was in her favor in regards to surviving the actual fall. And then when her luck ran out, she used her own wit, rigor, and determination to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that she won on um, both arenas of this. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Even though she had this traumatic experience, she still lives a really fulfilling life. 
Wow. And that is the story That's... of Julianne Kopeck <sighs> and flights. Mark always does these finally. I love them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Violet like, Jessup. Wow. Like, what can you say? Yeah. Make the comparison of I Survived, which is a popular mm-hmm. show or was or I don't know, whatever. But there's so many people. And now this is not meant to be offensive to people who may have religious beliefs or anything like, you know, believe what you want. It's all cool. We don't. You're we don't fine. judge. We don't judge. Believe what you want, but don't be an asshole. Exactly. About it. Believe what you want. Don't push it on others. The end. But. The end. You know, God bless um, America. That's right. And the rainforest. Born in the USA with um, Bon Jovi, Bruce Springsteen. So I remember there was this one story. And, you know, normally everyone, like at the end, I guess the interviewer off camera is like, why do you think you survived? You know? And they're all like, because of my faith in Jesus Christ. Give me a fucking break. I know. Shut the fuck up. I survived because I prayed. I know. But there was this one. Prayer. I know. Prayer saved me my faith. Lifting me up in prayer. Yeah, exactly. And like, there was this one woman though. And you know, her answer, because she was like kidnapped, sexually abused, all this. Mm. And she was like, I survived because I was sexually abused my entire fucking life. Not fucking, but you know. And she was like, and I knew how to maneuver a terrible situation yeah and i was like good for her good for you bitch go tell them be real tell everybody we love be you, real. Girl. yeah but like that's it you know and i feel like in other countries like what she was originally from germany germany I and feel then like, south america yeah to know. my knowledge south germany, america is a continent not a country oh my god oh god Every, i'm gonna it's be canceled fun. i know that south yeah. america is a continent it's she fine. was from the country of peru, peru yes which but, is in it, south sorry. america Bonjour, I, have Peru. Ed- I have to educate the, the two of uh, the two marks. If anybody all. wants to donate a globe to Just our Patreon, just remember that Morocco <laughs> is in France. Is in fr- I have only I've been on an it airplane probably less than five times in my life. Yeah, less than Anna Bernard Herzog. Anyway, um, but yeah, what I was going to say is that I think Germany is one of those places where like God and religion is not like. It's a not. Thing. No. So I could tell you that right now. So I love that her story and she's from there and she used her knowledge mm-hmm. um, and the thing that worked in her favor, which is fucking science or math and or whatever exactly. with the wind bullshit you and know, everything else. Unfortunately, like even though like her mom didn't survive the plane crash, like she was able to like take those skills that have kind of like that were embedded in her. Yeah. Like, her whole life. Yes. To get her. Out. The things her parents taught her, exactly. including her mother and father. Yes. Yeah. What an inspiring story. Yeah. I loved it. Don't rush to get into a plane crash. Please anybody, don't. But like, and don't ever fly a plane made out of tin cans yeah. and cat piss and, and newspapers, gorilla glue, yeah. and and I will share with you. Feces. I have a I I know someone who's a pilot, and I once asked him, "Have you ever seen a UFO?" And he showed me photos of weird. And lights. remember when I thought I saw a UFO and I drew yes. it? And he showed me the photos, and I sent you yeah. the photo that he sent me, and you were like, "That's it." Anyway, I thought I saw a UFO like three yeah. years ago. Yeah, and it was like intense. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but it wasn't really dramatic, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. it looked like a um a discoloration in the sky, like almost like a a blob. Yeah. Like imagine if you like had a smudge on the camera or something yeah. like that. It was a discoloration in the sky, and there was three circles inside of it that were illuminated. And that's exactly what his photos look like. Yeah. You saw them. 
Yeah. I'll find yeah. the screenshot Show I have it for you. That's another episode. Yeah. Maybe I'll post it later. Patreon content. But um, speaking of Patreon, listen, everyone, we love you. Um, if you are in the generous spirit and if you're able to on Patreon for $3 a month, we try to as often as possible give you deleted footage, um, mm-hmm. outtakes, basically all of the things that don't make it to this episode or our episodes in general or just us being silly hanging yeah, around exactly and you know we're gonna we're always going to add more interesting content whether it's yeah you know learning about all of us or getting a peek into our lives whatever it is or let us know what you want to search see. of our topics yeah and, yeah exactly um but if you can't afford to do that listen we're all working people here you can do us a great favor by going on apple slash itunes and leaving a positive what Not is it a positive review and what what are the bad and good stars jen not a fi- not a one star but, but a five. five star thank you you're welcome and that is a free thing that you can do that and can help your friends here yeah like us on follow us on instagram yeah. on facebook bizarre buffet yeah i guess that's about it that's yeah. it yeah. that's it with that being said i'm the airplane that crashed in the rainforest I'm the legs sticking up out of the ground. <laughs> and I'm the water demon. Have oh, a great night. Have a good night. Thank May God you. be with you and Satan. Blessings and abundance. <laughs>